0: Hello, listeners. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jackie Hagens. I hope you had a wonderful week and are excited to dive into this week's episode. For me, this is more than a podcast. It is a chance for me to reach out to listeners who are eager to join me in a discussion guided by God's Word on the issues and events shaping the country today. Whether you are new to God's Word or a lifelong Christian, Together, we will discuss how faith and government can co-mingle and ally themselves in the campaign against the chaos engulfing our country. This is Truth and Consequences. Let's get started.
1: Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40, verses 27 through 31. I would like to begin with prayer for those in Turkey, Syria, and surrounding areas, dealing with the devastation of the earthquake that occurred days ago. Dear Lord, we come to you in unity, hope, and love. As we ask for your strength and comfort for those who are dealing with the devastation of this earthquake, you are the everlasting God, the creator of all. We lift our eyes and look to the heavens, to the Holy One, whose love we cannot even fathom. We ask you, Lord, to comfort and give peace to the families that are going through such heartache. Put a shield of protection around all responders who are trying so desperately to find and rescue those who are struggling. Give them your strength as they grow weary. Touch the hearts of all people and all nations of this world as we come together in this time of need. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. As of this evening, It is now estimated that more than 38,000 lives have been lost in this earthquake. That is a staggering number of lives gone and lives changed forever. This earthquake event is an eye-opener for the world, an event that should make every individual and every country take their eyes off themselves and put them on to someone else where human compassion and kindness can reveal itself without hindrance or boasting. 1 Peter 1 verses 21 through 22 says, Through Christ you have come to trust in God, and because God raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory, your faith and hope can be placed confidently in God." Now you can have sincere love for each other as brothers and sisters because you were cleansed from your sins when you accepted the truth of the good news. So see to it that you really do love each other intensely with all your hearts. Peter is not talking about Valentine's Day love that we just celebrated with those special to us. Peter is talking about love as an action that Jesus commands of us in John 13 verse 34 through 35, when He says, "A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This love is put into action, meaning answering a call when something is needed. Responding to a need or a request, Giving financially when there is a financial need. Helping someone that you may or may not even know. Being there to serve others when someone else cannot. Love involves unselfish service to others. Taking your eyes off yourself and placing them on someone or something else. Responding to a devastating earthquake around the world. The love that Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8, is love the way Jesus loves. Love is patient. Love is kind. Jesus was extremely patient and kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Meaning, what you do, you do for God's glory, not your own. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, integrity, honor, loyalty. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's hope and faith. And by this, everyone will know You are my disciples, if you love one another. This love is a fruit of the Spirit, meaning, it is through the Holy Spirit that we bear this fruit, this kind of love. To love like Jesus is a goal we should strive to do. Will it always be easy? Of course not. Will there be times when circumstances come into our lives and create stumbling blocks? Yes. But the Holy Spirit offers us the power to love through those circumstances. We have to turn inward toward the Spirit and ask, ask for His help, His power. This is why Paul says at the end of chapter 13, verse 13, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I was watching the news trying to find information about the status of Turkey and the surrounding areas following the earthquake. It was a few days after the incident, so there were several pictures and videos. It was reported that Israel was the first country to respond with on-the-scene help. The United States was there also with first responders. It was total devastation. And as the reporter was ending his segment, he made a comment that has just stuck with me. He said, There is no country that could be expected to handle something of this magnitude by itself. It was a very innocent statement, one of compassion and sincerity. But think about that statement for a minute and let it sink in. There is no country that could handle something of this magnitude by itself. What a humbling and thought-provoking statement. This should be for every person and every country on earth, not to be trembling in, in fear. On the contrary, by faith, to be humbled in thankfulness and gratitude to our God for His peace and love. In times of such overwhelming devastation, we as Christians can be thankful and grateful to our Father for the indescribable gift of peace, comfort, and love that comes from the Holy Spirit that enables us to withstand a crisis with hope. That is not to say that we do not mourn and grieve, but we can find peace in our hearts. Jesus told the disciples before He was crucified, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 14, verse 25 through 27. It is this love that Christ provides us to show action to others when we have accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. It is this peace He provides us when we have accepted Him. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly, And heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This rest, this grace, this power, and this love all come from the gift of the Holy Spirit to nourish our souls in times of need and in His light that shines through us onto others in times of their need. It is all a result of the good news, the gospel, the story, of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Son of Man, the Son of God, our testimony as children of God, and our purpose to go out and spread the good news. The Apostle Paul has been coming up quite a bit in my daily quiet time recently. A small summary or a reminder about Paul. In Acts chapter 9, Paul, then called Saul, was on his way to Damascus to continue his persecution of Christians. While on this road, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ from heaven. This ultimately led him to become a Christian Jew. From that encounter, Paul went from being a zealous Jew to become a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles and the Jews. Paul was not one of the Twelve Disciples of Jesus. He was, however, one of the most prolific contributors to the New Testament. Of the 27 books in the New Testament, 13, maybe 14, are attributed to Paul. His life's purpose was to preach, teach, and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. An example of this can be found in his letter to the Romans. In Romans 1, verses 9 and 16 through 17, he writes, God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers all the time. He's talking to the Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from the first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Commentary says, Paul knew his message was true and could not be refuted. It is the message of salvation. God's rescue plan for all people. The gospel is all about the reality of God's transforming and life-changing power in the world. He restores and makes right our relationship with Him, and He declares us to have right standing with Him by faith and faith alone. Paul speaks like this throughout his preaching and teaching. His faith, love, and most of all, his devotion to Jesus Christ is righteous and pure. How would you describe your faith? In Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 3, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Chapter 11 in Hebrews is about the ancients of the Old Testament, Abraham, Noah, Isaac, Sarah, and more, and how by faith they trusted and obeyed and built their relationship with God. We are a lot like them. Our relationship with God is based on faith, trust, and obedience to His Word. But we have something that the ancients did not. We have Jesus Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why is all of this so important for us today? What is the connection with the earthquake disaster, our purpose, and the righteous will live by faith, as Paul wrote? The earthquake is an example of an event where the love of Jesus can be seen, exhibited, displayed on the world stage for all to witness and share. Love in action. While at the same time, this same event should bring the human existence into perspective, meaning we are all equal in the eyes of God. Isaiah, an Old Testament major prophet prophesied about the second coming of Christ in the battle of Armageddon. Chapter 24, verses 1-3 through says, See, the Lord, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He will ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. It will be the same for priests as for people, for master as for servant, for mistress as for maid, for seller as for buyer, for borrower as for lender, for debtor as for creditor. The earth will be completely laid waste and totally plundered. The Lord has spoken this word. The social status of man and or woman will not matter. Money will not matter. The treasures we hold dear will not matter. We do not know when the end of the age will be here. The real question is, what will you and I be doing when it does come? Will you be working on fulfilling your purpose for God? Have you ever wondered what your purpose is? I did. I used to walk around thinking, I have no idea what God wants me to do. What is my purpose? We often discuss the Great Commission Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. What about the commandments? How do they fit into our purpose? The disciples asked Jesus about the most important commandments in the law. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. Ah, the simplicity of Christ. We work very hard at trying to complicate things when Christ is very simple. I return to the disciples' cross, that vertical pole that represents your relationship with God, with Christ. In the center. If you are staying in the Word and are in prayer daily, which is the vertical pole that holds the cross up, if you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, then your relationship should be good and pleasing to God. Then you can move on to love your neighbor as yourself, the horizontal pole. Yourself would be in good standing with God, enabling you to love your neighbor. Sincerely with your heart. I found this article online that answered the What is our purpose question very simply. Our purpose is to have a restored relationship with God that comes from admitting our faults and receiving His forgiveness and accepting Jesus as the Son of God. We also need to love others the way Jesus loves us in action. We show love to others so that others can have a restored relationship with God. God wants restoration for everyone. As we grow our relationship with God, we go out by being the hands and feet of Jesus. We show love, we spread the good news, and we make disciples. For the past few weeks, we have been visiting my friend's church, Northway Church. Their pastor, Rodney, has been doing a series on the book of Revelation. Well, today he talked about the Church of Smyrna. I was blown away at how this fit into the episode I was working on. It was like a puzzle piece that I didn't even realize was missing. Hmm, God, right? America is changing. The world is changing. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus tells his disciples about the beginning of what he calls birth pains and what will be the sign that the end of the age is near. Things such as wars and rumors of wars, nations rising against nations, as well as kingdoms against kingdoms, famines, earthquakes in different areas. That being the beginning of birth pains. That's in verses 4 through 8. But listen closely to what Jesus says in verses 9 through 11. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Now, commentary says there are still false prophets today. They are often the popular leaders who tell people what they want to hear, such as, do whatever your desires tell you. Jesus warns us not to listen to their dangerous words, which sound good, but lead us away from the God of truth. In his second letter to the seven churches, to the church of Smyrna, Jesus tells them, I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews. And are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Revelation 2, verses 9-11 through America today may well be on a pathway to judgment by the one and only judge. We have steered so far from God that discipline is sure to follow. Where, when, and how this discipline, not the end of times, will be carried out only God knows. If we look back to Isaiah and the other prophets in the Old Testament, God was always patient, caring, and gave many warnings, or maybe what we would call today, wake-up calls, before judgment was ever given. And there was always hope woven in along with His justice, along with every woe There is always hope to follow. What may be examples of wake-up calls for America? Donald Trump winning an election that no one thought was possible. And in doing so, his presidency shined a huge bright spotlight onto the corruption of our federal government, making complacency and apathetic behavior no longer an option. Another example for us and the world would be COVID-19. The pandemic, what a devastating disaster on so many levels for America and the world. It also has opened eyes to the ongoing and future threat of China. And finally, the undeniable, immoral, questionable teaching and leading of God's innocent children, along with the acceptance of the killing of the unborn. The list could go on and on, but it shows the patience of our Father and the warnings that He has provided us and the world and His overwhelming desire for restoration. Hebrews 12, verse 6 says, For the Lord disciplines those He loves, and He punishes each one He accepts as His child. If He didn't love us, He would let Satan have us. Has America awakened to these warnings? No. If anything, things have gotten worse, more urgent. You can feel it. It sometimes feels like desperation because it's so blatant and out of control. Evil is now good, and good is now evil. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah 5, verse 20. This immoral activity and idolatry is darkening America and her soul. God will not allow this to continue. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. Hail will sweep away your refuge, the lie, and water will overflow your hiding place. Your covenant with death, Evil will be annulled. Your agreement with the realm of the dead will not stand. Isaiah twenty-eight verses seventeen through eighteen. God will make things right. His justice will prevail. I think many Christians believe that they will not have to face punishment or discipline for the sins of America. And some may feel they already have. Again, it's perspective. I think about the earthquake. Were they Christians? Were some of them Christians? I pray they were. But only our God knows the answers. Are Christians in America prepared for the real persecution that is coming, individually and in our church? It has already begun. An example churches pulling away from the Word, progressive Christianity changing and twisting God's Word so that it matches human desires and wants the church synagogue of Satan. Are we ready to face our freedom, our worship being challenged, or worse, being shut down completely? Gee, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? That power has already been tested, and unfortunately, we failed. They succeeded. Will we crater and bow down to the fear, the threats, or will we stand firm and turn to the power of God? How strong is your faith? In Matthew 10, verse 32, Jesus says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Jesus told the church of Smyrna that he was aware of their circumstances. Jesus is very much aware of America's circumstances. And he told them to be faithful, be prepared, stand against afflictions, poverty, slander, Persecution, even prison, or even death. Will we be able to stand against the devil, the evil who will test us? Will we be faithful? As persecution, this division, and God's discipline becomes more and more. Jesus says, I will give you life as your victor's crown. Be faithful. With the power of God, we will continue to stay in His word and pray. We will love like Jesus loves us. We will spread the good news of the gospel. We will be ambassadors of Christ. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. Matthew 10, verses 16 through 17. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, verse 20. Let's close. Dear Lord, we are so thankful for your faithfulness, your dependability, and your trustworthiness. You give us refuge and shelter from our circumstances, and we are so thankful and grateful. We ask you, Lord, to put a shield of protection around us as we face the afflictions that are headed our way. Help us to stand strong in our faith and remember to lean on you and not our own understanding. To always look inward to the Holy Spirit for strength and wisdom and love so that we can glorify you. I ask that you bless those that found this podcast today. Keep them safe and healthy. We ask all of this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.
0: That concludes this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I'm grateful for all my listeners that take the time to join an extremely important discussion. I'm truly blessed to have this opportunity to reach out to others and to build this beautiful community. For me, this is a unique privilege to serve God, and I hope this podcast will encourage others to serve. Now an easy way to serve is to help our community grow by sharing the podcast on social media. The podcast has its own Facebook page titled Truth and Consequences. It also can be found on Twitter and Instagram under the username Truth and Cons. I'll post all the vital information for the podcast on the social media pages. This will include episode release times, discussion topics and questions, and prayer requests. Please share this with your friends and family. Again, thank you for your support, and I'll see you all next week. May God bless you and God bless America.